the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I want to get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show. I don't know if the goal is to say, let's do it with marijuana stocks. I don't know if the goal of the show is to say, let's max out the 401k and go spend time with your family and don't stress too much. I don't know if I have to do it for beginners. I don't know if I have to focus on real estate. I can tell you that real estate is an asset, just like stocks are an asset, just like bonds are an asset, just like baseball cards. And they all come with different risk-reward scenarios. For me, the facts point to the safest being way of accumulating wealth is through your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Later in life, you can get pretty and add some nice bows and ribbons to your, your wealth by adding real estate. And as you get older, you add more bonds for the safety of the income of the wealth you've created. I don't really want to do a, a whole show where it's always focused on beginners. Um, I just don't think that helps you very much. And I don't think I should do a show that's, you know, talk about Elliott Wave Theory investing. Because I think that's too hocus pocus for most people. I'll hear a lot of hocus pocus. We have software that'll make you millions and billions of dollars. I'll hear a lot of hocus pocus like, hey, you want the best return out there on your asset? Your cash is an asset, so put it in my company. And a lot of times these are hard money loans that they can't get money from banks because banks look at the loans and go, that's crazy. I actually don't lend money to these guys. So they're like, hey, how about you? We'll give you a better return than the bank gives you. Not for me. Not for me. A good way to ensure enough savings for retirement is to start investing at a young age. Age is a factor. The earlier you start saving, the better. Because starting to save in your 20s can net much, much more money over time than starting in your 30s, 40s, or older. A lot of people are scared. I get it. Um, I think you should sit down with a financial planner at some point in time. But here's the crazy thing is that not I don't want to say every company in America is desperate, but a lot of companies will hire people that shouldn't be financial planners. A lot of people will hire people who are mechanics shouldn't be mechanics. How about that doctor who has no bedside charm? Maybe he should have been hired as a doctor. Maybe he should have been something else, right? So I'd be careful when you meet with a financial planner, but I'd Google CFP, Certified Financial Planner. Start taking a look at what's out there as far as, you know, people who can, you can work with on a pro bono basis. Um, a lot of financial planners will work with young people just to say, okay, here's the basics. Here's the 15 things you need to do before you sit down with a financial planner. CFP Chad Burton has that exact downloadable at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You want to start small, and later on you want to diversify. If, I mean, that's probably the best advice I could say for people is start young, start small, diversify. Make sure your investments are, you know, find some that provide dividends, find some that provide growth, whether they're exchange-traded funds, mutual funds, or stocks. Keep it simple. 
I see way too many people trying to do things that they can't do, nor should they do. Um, the worst part is sometimes I'll see people going through divorce and they're trying to uh, like figure out that last $50,000 and where should I put it? I'm like, you're going through a divorce. Don't overthink this. Go with something like a nice exchange traded fund, a broad-based index fund. Later, when you have a clear head, you know that's when you can get a little bit more complicated. I love dollar cost averaging. I don't time the market. I just get into the market, stay in the market, I diversify in the market. Start with what you know. Obviously, this is a no-brainer. If you want to dip your toe into the investment pool, try starting small. And again, your 401k is the best way to do it. Maybe a Roth IRA if your company doesn't offer 401k. I would prefer that you take low-risk options versus high-risk. There's a fund out there that's called like the Low Volatility S&P 500 Value Fund. <laughs> so it finds value stocks and it finds low-volatility stocks. I'd rather you not lose money. The thing that I hate is that I've seen people like my brother Michael and I've seen people, a good friend of mine from college years where he has a little extra money and he thinks he's, if he puts it in something, he's going to you know, get a new car. Way too high uh, risk, in my opinion. Uh, I like the Acorns app. It simplifies investing. It takes your spare change and invests in your choice of mutual funds. When you make a purchase on, the, on in an enrolled card, Acorns round up to the nearest dollar and invests the difference. So you can choose your funds based on appetite for risk. It's a small approach. If you do a lot of transactions rounding it up, it's, it's, it's smart. It'll add up to something. And it gives you time in the market, which is the toughest thing to get. And, and again, I know I, I say 15% of your salary, and you're like, holy mackerel, that's a lot of money. And I say round up every purchase you make with uh, a credit card or an ATM card, which I'm not a fan of. I don't believe in debit cards. I find debit cards to be for losers. I have a debit card, but I never use it except for when I need to get cash in odd places. Never use it. The risk you take using a debit card is way higher than the risk you take using a credit card. I'm a big automatic investor. Uh, Contributing the same amount monthly. Buying the same funds monthly. I like the automated portion of it. So this weekend, I can play soccer with my kids. Right? I teach my kid how to throw a snowball. I don't have to worry about am I invested or not. I highly recommend if you're going to be starting your investing years that you maybe read a book or two. Um, The New Rules About Money is Fine as a Starter by Rick Edelman. He's changed a lot in the last 30 years to the point that I don't know if I still endorse. I would get nothing by Robert Kiyosaki. I would own no books by Susie Orman. Somebody whose name is Susie and she calls herself Suze. I find that kind of investor despicable where you start selling insurance products that isn't good financial advice, but you're trying to give good financial advice. I find it despicable, which is most one of the reasons I hate annuities and I hate people who push annuities. Oh, maybe the market's going to zero and if you give this annuity, you'll be protected. Well, the market's not going to zero. It didn't get to zero in World War One. It didn't get to zero in World War Two. It didn't do it in Nagasaki, Hiroshima, nuclear blast. This market's seen recessions. It's seen depressions. It's seen everything. Uh, it's seen world wars. 
it's seeing you know Iraqi conflict one, Iraqi conflict two. In the end, you want to find your own niche in life. I truly believe this. We're all good at something. So try not to tease people for not being good at what you're good at. I've got a friend who goes uh, snowboarding and wakeboarding all the time. And he likes to make fun of people who can't wakeboard. <laughs> oh, you can't even get up. You're just going to fall straight in the water. Oh, look, your name should be Bob because you're bobbing in the water. I'm like, okay. And then I say a curse word. And uh, it's never good. So target funds are a great way to start investing if you really, really want to go passive. You take your age, and let's say you're 25, round it up to 30, or round it down to 20. And you get to pick a year. You add 40 years onto 20, you add 30 years onto 30. You add 30 years for this year, so if it's 2020 roughly, you want to retire in 2050. Or that's if you have enough money going. If you don't, say, I'm going to want to retire in 2060, just in case it will be a little bit more aggressive. Big fan of Target Funds. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big seminar coming up. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25. Now, chatting with Coach Sendak, your Santa Clara Broncos basketball report. It's now time for a check-in with our partners at Santa Clara Basketball. For this week's chat with Coach Sindek, here's the voice of the Broncos, Anthony Passarelli, with Coach. Here with Santa Clara men's basketball coach Herb Sendek for our weekly chatting with Coach Sendek segment, brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan Insurance, because you're different. Heffernan, proud partner of Santa Clara Athletics. Coach, uh, congratulations on wrapping up the regular season. A win on the road on Saturday against Portland. Uh, as you look at it, what's the key to being successful away from Levy Center as the Broncos uh, get ready to start the conference tournament on Friday at 8 o'clock in Las Vegas. You know, to be honest, there, there really isn't any difference. We approach each and every game exactly the same way, and we give all of ourselves. We give our utmost every time uh, we prepare and, uh, and and go play. And so it's not like we try to, you know, okay, now we're really going to try our best. You know, hopefully we're, we're doing that every step of the way, and you know, we... Uh, we have very much the same approach no matter where we play the game. We've talked over the course of the year about the improvement in this team from the start of the non-conference through conference and now uh, getting ready for the conference tournament. Uh, what have you seen as the, the biggest uh, key points of development in a positive sense for this team going into the tournament? Well, the, the biggest key is, is just attitude and character. Um, you know, guys maintaining the right mindset through the ups and downs of the season puts you in position to maximize the return on improvement. One thing is to have the guys play loose enough to allow their talents to come through, but also stay focused on their assignments and the opponent. How do you work that balance and prepare them to be able to be ready for when the tip-off happens? Well, we, we really try to focus on you know, the fundamentals and, and, and the task at hand. And, uh, you know, everybody has a role to play and, and trying to trying to do that to the best of your ability. And finally, uh, once again, reminding everyone, the Broncos will open the WCC Conference Tournament in Las Vegas this Friday at 8 o'clock and a yet-to-be-determined opponent. Uh, some awards handed out, as uh, the conferences do at the end of the regular season. Three Broncos recognized today as uh, Todd Gidey was second team uh, all-conference. Joseph Frank honorable mention and uh, Trey Wirtz was all freshman team uh, each of those players in their own way have had big development this year 
They really did, and I think everybody on our team could look themselves in the mirror and, and say the exact same thing. Those three guys um, got conference recognition, but we have some guys, um, you know, across the board who, who did the exact same thing in terms of really improving a great deal, and I think they could look in the mirror and, and feel really good about that. All right, once again, Broncos open the West Coast Conference Tournament on Friday in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. That'll be at 8 o'clock. We'll have it for you right here on AM 1220 KDOW. Coach Herb Sendick, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. During the season, our chat with Coach Sendick brought to you by Heffernan Insurance, specializing in business and personal insurance, financial services, and employee benefits. Find them at hefins.com. So if you're a human being, every year we're getting more age inflation. We're living longer. That's going to turn at some point in time. But we're eating better. We're eating healthier. We're now starting to have doctors look at my blood panel and go, Mr. Black, your liver is a problem. So you're either drinking too much or you're eating too much sugar. I'm like, too much sugar? It's like sugar is just as bad as alcohol. Your liver doesn't understand it. It's poison. It's toxin. That's why you have all these fat little Oompa Loompa kids who have diabetes, which used to not be a problem. Until the 1950s when there was a sugar industry created in the United States because we started figuring out sugar was a problem. So let's create an industry. It's like there's tobacco. Oh, it creates a problem. So let's create an industry. Let's create lobbyists so that we could like subtly tell, you know, uh, politicians, Congress, like, oh, I'm going to give you a million dollars to fund a study that's, you know, cigarettes are relaxing. That's my Texas. Texans are fresh. Oh, Oh, well, there, Mr. Senator, here's $100,000 of oil money so that you can go buy some marble lights. Uh, we even saw the marble man. Anyway, um, I'm totally digressing, but we're living longer because some of the sins in our society we kind of given into, like corn syrup. Corn syrup's the nastiest thing on the planet. Um, okay, it's not the nastiest thing on the planet. Wait, wait, is this studio named after Kara, the corn syrup company? You're listening to Rob Black and your money live from the Caro Syrup Studios. Um, I love I love corn syrup. Corn syrup's the best thing to start your day with. One teaspoon of corn syrup and one teaspoon. Oh, I saw that. I was, I was eating a uh, sushi the other day. I know you're saying, you eat raw fish. Well, no, I just, it's part of the story. Just go with it. And um, so there's a coffee cup. I do eat flipper. I love Flipper. So, if you could put the whole dolphin in front of me with the head, it's even better. It's like eating sushi until you see the the, the head of the fish. You're like, oh, good God. I don't need to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I'm at this sushi place, and they have a coffee cup that says, um, to be happy, um, you know, express yourself, to be happy. And one of them was drink, um, drink, drink more vinegar. I'm like, really? I didn't know that. Um, very well known fact. Let's drink more vinegar, and vinegar's nasty. So, but um, did I just hear love boat? Love. There we go. Exciting. So I'm on a boat. Exciting. On a sushi restaurant. We catch Flipper. Flipper jumps on board. We're and we have sushi with a poipus. Okay, so if you're not investing your money because we're going to live longer because we're drinking apple cider vinegar and someone in sushi restaurants told us that's a good thing to do, 
If you're not investing your money because you're no stock picking genius and if you don't earn a six-figure paycheck, guess what? Neither of those things matter and you're going to die poor. So if you're human, you're a good candidate to be investing your money and you should be putting 10, 15, 20% of your income into some sort of retirement savings, some sort of nest egg because you're going to live maybe to 80, 85 and you're not going to have a job after 60 and at age 80, 85, you're going to be like my mom taking 15 pills a day where your hand shakes so violently, the pills drop on the ground. And therefore, she gets put in a nursing home because when your hand shakes so violently, the pills drop on the ground and you can't find them. You end up falling out of your bed, sitting in your own feces for a few days and mentally uh, occluded and you're not able to function. So we're living longer, putting money in your bank's traditional savings account, maybe your go-to savings strategy. It's the one of the worst ones ever. If you take a look at the history of the stock market in the last 80 years, the market goes up 7 out of 10 years. It does it in World War One. It does it in World War Two. I saw Hacksaw Ridge the other day. I'm like, stock market goes up in these times? Yep. In Korean conflicts, in Iraq conflicts, in Vietnam conflicts. If you've built up an emergency fund with three to six months worth of expenses, you can now store some of your money in the S&P 500, the Wilshire 5000, in a uh, MCSI Global Index. You can do a lot of great ideas with your money, but you're going to live longer. You can even use a target retirement fund. Um, but you're going to live longer. So there's going to be age inflation. you got to make your money last longer. You have to have more money. I know I, I'm not about money and capitalism. I'm just about quality of life. I'm Rob Black. Way too often when the stories on Wall Street aren't great, I kind of defer back to what you should be doing in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And oftentimes I skip the 50s. If you haven't saved anything by 50, you're probably going to work till the day you die. And that's kind of humbling. Kind of makes me look like a jerk face. Numerous Americans over 50 haven't saved for retirement. Um, and that's sad because your years, your best earning years might be right now. But also, the the ability to work for 40 years or 30 years, it, it's starting to, you might be able to work for five or 10. I have an older brother, Clint, who he was kind of, I'm not going to say a weirdo, kind of marched to his own drum. Um, he's considerably older than me. Uh, but he went off. In college, he's a bit of a hippie. So he never really finished college and then he got a job uh, doing computer work. Literally computer mining, computer data. Long before big data was a big thing. He did it for the oil companies in the Middle East. And he loved it. Lived in Saudi Arabia did things that Saudi Arabians did. He loved the culture. He loved the history. He loved it all. And then 9-11 happened and Americans started getting their heads cut off on videos and the company that he was working for, Saudi Aramco, biggest oil company in the world, said, you got to get out of the country, dude. We can't protect you. So he comes back to the States after having lived overseas for 20 or 30 years of his life, of his adult life, he has to get a job, and he found quickly age discrimination was going to be a thing. And he went to get his certifications in Oracle databases and things like that, you know, while trying to hold down jobs like at a tax filing software company. Uh, but age discrimination was a real thing. So your ability to earn income in your 50s, it may not be as much as, or as robust as you think. So if you're 25 now, you're halfway to 50. How much have you got saved for your retirement? Because keep in mind, once you hit 50, you may run into some age discrimination. You know, quite honestly, with a lot of the surveys that are read from you know companies like Facebook and Google, 
at Apple is that their younger employees don't want to work with older employees. And I've actually given speeches at companies where they're like, we want you to talk to the baby boomers differently than you talk to Generation X differently than you talk to the millennials. And it's out there. So if you're a late starter, if you're 50, on the other side of 50 maybe, you've probably seen the stock market go up your whole life. But at times, you'll remember the Great Recession from 2008, 2009. You'll hear people talk about student loans and other debts. You'll hear people talk about cost of living, and it gets depressing. So you got to reframe yourself to get past all your fears. Lamenting the past for not investing stinks. I think Kennedy once said, uh, no, it wasn't Kennedy. Kennedy said the past is a bucket of something fecal matter uh dwell on the past forget the past and lose an eye dwell on the past lose two eyes right so sometimes you have to reframe your fear of you've seen bad things happen but you really haven't you've seen it go higher retirement calculators may freak you out so you may want to not look at a retirement calculator you're so far behind if you're 50 and haven't got enough saved or feel comfortable with where you are Using a calculator shows you how far you are behind, and it could just, you know, uh, reinforce that 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 planning paralysis that has kept you from not investing your whole life. I'm not a big fan of like, oh, let's talk about, let's plant an acorn. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's not let's not talk about retirement like that. If you don't have anything saved, don't look at the big numbers. Start with the small numbers. With that said, I hate myself because that advice sounds eerily close to Susie Orman, who we could play the... Uh, what sound effect do we have for her? Monkey? No. Sarah Jessica Parker's the horse. Maybe it's the donkey. Hey, Donkey. But um, I'm not a big fan of like, oh, if you have credit card debt, pay off the smallest one first. Pay off the one in the highest interest rate is mine. But don't get yourself in credit card debt. If you're 50 and you've got nothing saved, you've got to reframe your, your thoughts on retirement. You've got to steer clear of those retirement calculators that say you're going to need to have $1 to $4 million because it's intimidating to do that. I get it. If you're at age 50 and you need to have a million dollars to retire, you've got 10 years till you're 60, right? So you need to save $100,000 a year on top of paying rent or mortgage, on top of food, on top of vacations, on top of clothes. $100,000 a year. Let's call it like 850 bucks a month. It's a lot of money. But that's not going to get you to where you got to get to. Because a hundred thousand dollars a year is ten thousand. It's eight thousand dollars a month. And you start doing thirty days. It's like well, too much, too much, too much. So what you got to do is start saving, saving as much as you can. Start looking at your budget. Start eliminating things. Stop looking at you know getting your taxes back as getting paid something. That's actually your tax money. You've overpaid. You were stupid. You gave the government a no cost loan. Don't look at it as like. Woo! party money because it's your money you earned it but I know a lot of people are like let's do a dinner honey and then that goes so well that you make a baby 
So getting your money back ends up being like a $300,000 decision because you went to dinner. <laughs> Be careful, people. Uh, you can catch up at 50. It's not all doom and gloom. You may have to work till the day you die or may have to work part-time in retirement to keep the cash from burning. You may have to like uh, downsize your living, which isn't a bad thing to do. So other things you want to do is start rethinking your retirement plans. If I had nothing saved at 50, I'd start thinking about living in... I'd look at the cheapest states to live in in retirement. I'd think about resizing now. If I was in a 1,600-square-foot house, I'd go down to an 800-square-foot apartment if I didn't have kids, right? You don't have to, like, egregiously live. And that could be a large part of your save an extra $1,000, $2,000 a month. So I would start looking at my where I'm going to retire, and also, maybe even further than that. I know a man who's going to retire in Belize. I'm like, what's in Belize? And he's like, oh, you don't know. It's awesome. You know, my property taxes are a dollar a year. <laughs> like, And it's so quaint because he goes, you have to take a borough down to the old tax county offices and pay. But I, I get it. At least he has a plan, Right. So you got to rethink how long you're going to work. you got to rethink where you're going to live. Currently now, if you're 50 and not saving enough for retirement, you got to get honest about the retirement, uh, maybe living abroad in retirement, which some people sounds like that's heaven. A lot of countries, a lot of cities in Asia you can live in for 25% of what you could live in the United States. A couple of years ago, I was reading a study on Conga, Tonga, Conga, Tonga. And it having the lowest cost of living in the world. And I was like, I could live there. And I looked at it, and Tonga's kind of an island that's made out of rocks and has no soil. <laughs> I'm like, I can't live there! Um, it's got some natives that I would like to live there and start a basketball league, because they tend to be on the shorter side. And maybe in Tonga I could get like uh, my own body armor and be like the king of Tonga. And then I kind of like come to and wake up and go, no, no, I don't really want to live in Tonga. You know, if the number one meal is spam or spam with noodles or spam with water gravy noodles, I'm out. I've got a little bit of a peculiar taste in my palate that does not allow spam to go in my mouth. Just so you know. Um, if you can automate savings, do it. If you can buy last year's PlayStation versus this year's PlayStation, do it. There's good, you know, automated saving companies like Stash, Acorns, Digit. They're all fine. And again, it forces you to do the small stuff. If you can do the big stuff too, hallelujah for you. At this point in your life, you want to look for ways of generating income beyond investing. And ask for a raise. That's a good one. Work towards higher bonuses or commissions. Save that money. Start a business on the side. Uh, my sugar bugger can play the piano. And in retirement, she could teach kids their first piano lessons. She doesn't have to be the master pianist. She doesn't have to be the best in all the community. Some moms want their kids just to learn the basics of how to read a, a, a keyboard. How to read sheet music. And it's great. I, I think music is 
you know, not sounding preachy, but I, I think our school systems need more music programs. Uh, you can learn to count. You can learn to do a lot of things with your mind when you can uh, read music. So anyway, more things to do in your 50s is look for that, like I said, that income that you can do, maybe tutoring. I can build computers. Um, I can't teach kids how to play Fortnite. I can't be a Fortnite guru or mentor. But the point being is, look at every option available to you. So consider disability insurance if you're 50 plus and haven't saved anything for retirement. Because if you get disabled, there's a really good chance you're, you're going to go bankrupt. Medical emergencies crush people. And once you've done enough of this, there's a website that'll give you a ballpark estimate on retirement called choosetosave.org. Choosetosave.org. I recommend taking a look, but only if you've got some money saved, because otherwise it's going gonna, it's gonna to bum you out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. So let's talk about the 25 principles. I want you to write stuff down. Writing it down makes it true. When I was eight, a girl blurted out that she loved me, and I wasn't in love with her. But I give her credit for saying that. And she said it in front of the, like a whole soccer team of guys. I love you, Rob Black. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get back to soccer now. All the guys are teasing me. But by 10, I had a little crush on someone, and I carved her initials in a tree and my initials, and it made it true. I'm proud that I did that. It wasn't shared. But I dislike people who dream about the future. I dislike people who talk about the future. You got to take some action. You got to write stuff down. I want to have a million dollars by the time I retire. I want to have four million dollars by the time I retire. You got to write stuff down. Otherwise, you're just like, it's in your head. So number 21 on my list of things written down is only insure against true disasters. Later today, I might be at Best Buy and I might buy a hard drive to back up my data, right? And they'll go, do you want to buy a two-year extended warranty on it? I'm like, no. Because in two years, that $100 hard drive is going to be 50 bucks. I'm good with that kind of, I'm good with that kind of risk. If the general manufacturing warranty, if it's going to break, it's typically going to break in under a year. So I'm good with that. That second year, eh. Now, a cell phone that you're going to put in the hand of a kid, or an iPad, or a mobile computer, you better insure that. In my opinion, because that's something that's more expensive and more likely to break. But then again, some services come up where it doesn't necessarily break. It just breaks the screen. You keep the screen replaced for $25 in a mall. I was playing Fortnite not that long ago, and uh, this guy takes an order. It was fantastic. He takes an order. Someone comes into a store and drops off a phone. He's like, yeah, it's going to be $65. I'll replace glass on that. And he's talking to his friends while he's playing, and he, he kind of knows that I'm listening, and I'm, I'm fascinated by this. He started a business of fixing phones. And I, I, I don't know how big of it is, but good for him. He came up with something innovative, right? Um, and I'm like, how much is the glass? You know, when people sell back their phone to Apple, he's like, what's it for? He's like, it's glass. They want glass back. That's the expensive part of replacing phones, of replacing phones. So only insure against true disasters. If you have a young family, you insure your health. You insure your health once you turn 20, once you're no longer on your parents' health plan. You insure your life if you've got a wife or children who need your income. You do it through term life insurance. You insure your... Uh, some drunk driver hits you and disables you, so you get disability insurance. When you own a home or rent a home, you get some renter's insurance in case your roommate decides to steal everything from you. Or he leaves the door open. Number 22. Most of the long-run gain from owning a home comes from appreciation of the land. The house itself tends to deteriorate 
There's been a lot of wind and rain recently. I have to go fix a lot of the wood around my home. My roof probably has five more years. But the real estate, the land still goes up in value, even though it's soaked and saturated right now. The home itself has expensive repairs. The land, it doesn't. So you insure the home, you don't insure the land. I know people who go, I bought a million dollar home, I'm calling my insurance company to get a million dollar insurance. No, no, if the house is $350,000 rebuild, you get $350,000 plus 25% overrides. And in five years from now, you find out how much contractors are charging, and you up your insurance there. Number 22, no, number 23 on the list. To avoid taking a financial hit, a big financial hit, don't buy commodities. Don't get into margin. Oh, one of the mistakes I see people make is opening a margin account and then treating it like, well, I'm just going to buy more stocks. And then they don't expect a down market. And let's say you bought, let's say you have 100 shares of Apple and you go on margin, it's a loan against your 100 shares. They say you can buy 30 more shares and you go, I'm buying 30 more shares. And then the, all 130 shares start going down, you have to pay it back and you're taking a big loss. And you don't want to sell it because you had a 10-year plan, but in the short term, something went bad. Margin, commodities, derivatives, options. Most people I know, no, no, no. The only people I know who make money trading options work in Chicago. Now, the broker or the radio show or the TV show that says you should buy options, it's because there's big commissions in it. Steer clear. Number 24 on the list of top 25 principles is don't invest in a vacuum. Um, If you're saving for long-term goals, retirement goals, um, it makes no sense to smoke, drink, never exercise. Because you're not going to make it in the long term. If your parents died at 60 from massive heart attacks, you're not going to live to 80 more than likely. So invest as if you're going to live to 70. Now, you can be the different person. You know the silliest piece of investment advice that I tell people? It's not to water your yard with your neighbor's hose when he's on vacation. That's not a bad one. Not a bad one. But my silliest piece of advice is take care of your teeth. Teeth are expensive to replace and repair. And the insurance is BS. It's just not good. So today, if you floss twice, you'll get Rob Black's seal of approval. If you brush three times, you'll get Rob Black's seal of approval. So don't invest in a vacuum. Um, Once you have kids, get healthy. You know, start cutting down on alcohol, start cutting down on cigarettes and marijuana, whatever. Um, You want to live a good long life and you want the money to last a good long time. So I just said something kind of interesting. Your parents are a gauge for how you should invest. My dad died before the age of 60. He died at 58. Do you know how badly he screwed my financial future by dying at 58? Um, That's one strike. You get two strikes in life insurance. My mom got diabetes late, late, no problem. Had she got it earlier, problem. Had my mom died, I wouldn't be getting life insurance. Because they're like, you ain't going to make it. Odds are you got a bad, faulty heart. You're prone to cancers. Something. So, and my final piece of principles that I stand by and stick with, when in doubt, do nothing. It's your cheapest course of action. I find people make the most financial mistakes when someone asks them a question or they feel a need. Like, oh no, Donald Trump's going to be president. The market dropped 500, 600, 700 points. Two days later, it was right back to where it was. But because people got scared because they felt emotional, they had doubts come in. Best thing to do is do nothing. I know it sounds odd, yet it's true. So tune into future episodes. Come to seminars. Do what you can to support me. The seminars are super cheap. In fact, they're free. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25. There's one coming up. 
Um, I'd love to see you. I try to give my best for you. Do your best. Soak some of it in. Refer a friend. See you out there soon. Listen every day. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.